Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I cannot tell you how excited I am for all of our programs in the month of May, because we're going to focus on careers and and career training, job transition, all those various things. So we're really focusing on making you the best person that you are, the best job candidate, um, all these various things. We picked May because it is when uh, colleges, you know, when, when kids graduate from college. So we will be talking a lot about that level of position with all of the various programs. But really, the programs for May are going to be fabulous for anyone who is changing careers, looking for a new job, thinking about looking for a new job, happy where they are, but you never know type of people. So, you know, I am so excited about my very first guest because she's actually a three-peat. This is her third time on the program. We were just joking right before we started that maybe I should just make her a co-host. But it's because she provides such fabulous information that we needed to have her on again. And more importantly, I wanted her to be our very first program for May to really set things off in this career planning series to get people thinking about the use of LinkedIn, because to me, that is absolutely critical in your job search. And so please join me in welcoming Rebecca Barnes-Hogg to our program again. Welcome, Rebecca. Well, thanks, Deb. I, I feel like I'm kind of stalking you here. I'm on your show so much. <laughs> you know, and it really is so much fun talking with you because you do have such great insights and, and you know, so much great information. And that's why it's just a, a joy to have you on. Well, thanks, Deb. I really appreciate that. And, and I do have a lot of fun on your show. And I, I'm really happy that I get to share what I know with your listeners. Perfect, perfect. Well, for those who didn't hear you those other two times, let me tell people just a little bit about you. Sure. So Rebecca Barnes-Hogg is a serial connector of small businesses with their ideal employees. She first discovered this talent as a teenager when she helped her high school classmates find summer jobs. Her career in corporate America encompassed all facets of a business. Rebecca recognized early on that at the center of every business is its people. Throughout her career, Rebecca excelled at putting the right people in the right positions to make things happen. In 2011, she founded YOLO Insights Insights to make sure that no small business is held back because they are unable to find the talented people they need. Her passion for hunting purple unicorns, or in real-life words, ideal employees, shows in the transformations she helps small businesses achieve. Rebecca's recruiting insights have been featured in Inc.com, Business News Daily, U.S. News and World Report, CBS Small Business Pulse, Market Watch, Hotel Executive, HR Magazine, and she just told me about an article in Forbes. She is also the co-author of Rethinking Human Resources. So please join me in welcoming back to our program again, Rebecca Barnes-Hogg. Rebecca, welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, thanks, Deb. I'm excited to dive into this topic of careers with your audience because as a recruiter, it's so hard anymore to find really good people. Mm -hmm. And the tools that we use as recruiters 
to find the people who are out there who are maybe kind of happy where they are, but open to new opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, we use a lot of tools and, and I know we're going to talk a lot about LinkedIn and that's one of the main go-to sites for recruiters. Mm-hmm. And you need to have that really eye-catching, thorough profile to get contacted by a recruiter. If you are in the job market or the other term that we're seeing more and more is job browsing. Mm. So those are the people who, you know, they're okay where they are, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they're open, they're looking. So they're always kind of seeing what's out there, what could Mm -hmm. be better. So, you know, those job browsers are the ones that sometimes I find miss the boat and miss the mark here with being able to set themselves up Mm -hmm. to be found by recruiters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and it's so true that there are just, you know, so many candidates that are out there anymore. Um, I tell people, you know, 10 years ago, there might've been 50 people applying for a job. Now there's 500. Now, you know, of course I exaggerate a bit, but it, it is something that I, you know, we, we are seeing things like that. You know, uh, several years ago, I remember reading a story about um, a new company that was opening in, I believe it was New Mexico, and it was an extremely remote area. You know, for whatever they did, they needed to be, you know, out in the wide open spaces. And they held a job fair, you know, wanting people to come in, learn more about the company, all those various things. They expected couple hundred people because of the location, you know, all sorts of things. And several thousand people showed up. I mean, they were just stunned, you know, and, and I think that's true, you know, because we've got the, the true candidates, then you have the job browsers, then you have all these other things. And, and so, you know, in your position as a recruiter, it really has got to be very difficult, but then you need to use tools to make sure that you can weed people out very quickly. Exactly. And even if I'm not using LinkedIn, I will tell you that when someone applies to a job, Mm -hmm. the first thing a company will do, whether they're supposed to do it or not, is Google the name. Mm -hmm. They'll find your social media programs or channels. Right. And they will make judgments and assumptions based on what they see. Mm hmm. So particularly with LinkedIn, if your LinkedIn profile isn't complete, and I see it all the time, you know, people just have their their name, the companies they work for, the dates, and maybe their job title, mm-hmm. and nothing else. Right. And in this day and age, you know, people are like, well, you know, if they can't be bothered to do that, you know, maybe I don't want them in my organization, or they'll move on to somebody who has a full profile and then they can see, Oh yeah, this, this person is active on this channel and they're interested in their career. They're following certain groups. Mm-hmm. They're commenting on articles, you know, they're engaged with the field or the industry. That's what people are looking for. Right. You know, and, and I, I do want to you know quickly emphasize the fact that you're not just looking on LinkedIn. You know, you mentioned the fact right. that you're looking on other social media. So it's important to, shall we say, behave yourself on those other sites because you might have an absolutely stellar um, profile on LinkedIn or, you know, even an average one. But um, I, I, in one of my recent seminars, I was looking up some statistics and, and people were, you know, it was saying that, 
you know, if someone sees uh, the, the highest one, if they that they absolutely have a negative reaction to, and basically you're just out of the running for whatever position it was, is marijuana use. Which now right. that it's and the funny thing was that stat had gone the percentage went down. It's it, the the most current number that I saw was sixty one percent, and it had been higher. And I'm kind of assuming that that is because there's more and more legalized marijuana, but you know it's still obviously a negative. Political rants. If they saw political rants on Instagram, Facebook, you know, whatever it is, 51% of the time they thought, nope, not going to go with that person because they don't want that type of person in their work environment. You know, they don't want them around the water cooler, the coffee machine, the whatever it is, doing something like that. One of the biggies, spelling and grammatical errors. You know, even in your fun (laughs) posts. You know, and that's right. hard because we're posting from our phone, you know, all these various things. But, you know, please just pay attention to those things. Um, you know, and, and so it is something that that really is so important and so critical to people is, you know, watch your other social media profiles. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, for old people like me, I can't see on my phone. <laughs> I'm like, and my thumbs are fat and I just envy those younger people who can just like, you know, knock it out on the phone. And I'm like, I wish I could be like you. It takes me hours. And and so it is something that, you know, we we just have to pay attention to. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter if you're looking for a job or not, folks, you know, just, just pay attention, behave yourself and realize that that it's, it's, you know, you can still post that. We're not saying don't post your political rant, you know, your picture. You know, one of the other negatives was pictures with too much skin, you know, and, and all those things. Just recognize that those have ramifications. That's all we're saying. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's get back to LinkedIn. You know, one okay. of the, I've seen several stats. And, and it's funny because, of course, you know, we can always make stats say what we want stats to say by how we ask the question, all those various things. But in several different places, I have seen that corporate recruiters use LinkedIn over 80% of the time. I actually saw one stat that said 94%. Um, you know, so clearly, it is, it is a tool that recruiters, that HR personnel use to really look somebody up. But one of my questions was, is it, are there different levels? I mean, obviously, for senior-level positions, that LinkedIn is is extremely critical. But you know, for an entry level, a basic level position, do do uh, recruiters care about LinkedIn? Yeah, I use it all the time for those kinds of positions. Um, and and here's why: when I'm looking for those entry level positions, I want to find someone mm-hmm. who is showing interest in their career field, their choice of what they want to do with their career. Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking for an entry level um, marketing person, someone who, you know, wants to get in the door of an agency perhaps, or, you know, just wants to do internal marketing for a company, I'm going to go to LinkedIn and I'm going to look at what you've got on your profile. I want to know, you know, have you graduated from college? Because a lot of companies want that. Mm -hmm. And what kind of things, if you're a marketing person, I want to see how you market yourself. Mm -hmm. And I want to look at what you've done, what projects you've worked on, what types of volunteer activities maybe where you've been able to use those marketing skills. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things I'm going to look for on LinkedIn because that's your professional networking site. And that's kind of the go-to site for professional networking. 
But I'm also going to kind of vary a little bit from LinkedIn and I might look in other areas where those marketing folks might accumulate. Mm -hmm. And one area that a lot of recruiters are navigating to is Meetup Mm. because there are communities forming on Meetup and those groups there. So I use those Meetup groups. So overlooked a lot of times is building a profile that is visible in your Meetup groups because Meetup allows you to put a picture and a little blurb about who you are and what you do and those kinds of things. So you don't get the full thing that you get with LinkedIn, where Mm -hmm. it's basically building a professional resume profile, um, that kind of thing. But you do get the opportunity to showcase some of what you're doing on Meetup. So that's an alternative place also that, you know, depending on your industry, your career aspirations, you know, look into those kinds of alternative platforms Mm -hmm. that we don't typically think of because recruiters are looking there as well. Right. Well, and and it's funny, I, I, I've I never heard that, so I absolutely love this. And, you know, I think I have, like, I might have my picture on Meetup. I mean, you know, it's, it's not, <laughs> but if I were to use it more and use it like I'm supposed to, and, of course, that's true with, with every, every one of these platforms, it's going to start suggesting meetings that I could go to. So right. uh, maybe it is an industry meeting. Maybe it's a job search thing, you know, all those various things. So having a meetup profile, oh, I love that. But yay, that is such a cool trick. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, recruiters use a lot of different sources. Mm-hmm. So it's important to have the good LinkedIn profile, but don't overlook the others as well. Right. And then make sure you have consistency across the platforms Mm -hmm. so that, you know, recruiters know it's you Mm -hmm. on each of those platforms, that they're not wondering if it's a different John uh, Smith, you know, Um, because that that consistency is kind of building your own personal brand, Mm -hmm. which is also important. You know, who are you? What's your story? What are you about? I want to know before I contact you that you could be a great fit for my client because cultural fit and that personality fit that, you know, mindsets that are aligned and engaged and passionate about the same things Mm -hmm. is important for me when I go and look for candidates to present to my client. Right. Well, and that's why you look at the platforms like Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram and all of those is, is that cultural fit? You know, is this somebody right. who's going to match the company? Right, right. It was interesting. I was talking with someone at a, a recent meeting, and, and we were talking about, you know, recruiting, obviously, and, and uh, you know, and, and uh, how kids are, are, you know, posting things that they shouldn't, you know. And, of course, you know, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, 60 or, <laughs> you know, 16. You know, they're, we're all I know, that. Some, some um, of the older But, but she said are. that her nieces had their Facebook profile set up and they didn't use their last name. Now they had their first name and their middle name as their, their profile name. And so they were really only connecting with people who truly knew them, you know, all those various things. And, and Facebook lets you have kind of, you know, different names. Uh, you don't have to have, you know, Deb Creer. I mean, I could have Deb Ann, you know, whatever I want to do. And, and when we were talking about that, of course, it, cur- it occurred to me that would make it harder for a recruiter to find you. So there's good and bad, you know, because it is making it harder for you to be found. So maybe you want to post, you know, that you're doing that so that you can post, you know, something that, you know, a recruiter might not find. But 
as a recruiter, do you find it a negative when you don't find those other social media profiles? It depends on the candidate and the position. Um, but I will also caution you that even if you change your name, Facebook and the way recruiters search Facebook, mm-hmm. they also look at that little about section that you fill in. Oh. So you could still come up under those alternative names if you have a job title or an employer or, you know, worked at different places or you're a member of certain groups. Like I belong to alumni groups of some of the companies that I worked for. Mm -hmm. So if someone were searching for that company name, Mm -hmm. that might come up and I could still find you. So just a word of caution Mm -hmm. there, you know, because there are a lot of ways um, the Boolean search techniques mm-hmm. are making a huge comeback now mm-hmm. on the Internet. So you're finding people in all sorts of places based on how recruiters create these. And some of these Boolean strings are so complex and analytical mm-hmm. that they get into places that most candidates don't even understand they can be found. Right. Well, and again, that's because you have to do your due diligence, you know, you as as the recruiter. Mm -hmm. And again, you want to find the best candidate. Um, It's funny, in in my training classes, I always tell people, you know, you've applied for job A. And in essence, your first interview is when they look for you on social media. You know, what are they going to find? You know, are they finding a great you know profile and that you, you're going to be a good fit with their corporate culture? You've got all this fabulous information on LinkedIn, you know, all those various things. Or are they going to go, eh, not so much? Um, you know, and, and so your, your, your second interview is when they actually talk to you on the phone or, or call you in. And, and, you know, so don't get eliminated before you ever even really had a chance. Right, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, too many times I think candidates don't realize that's happening behind the scenes. Right. They so just don't of, hear back. Right. One of the things I'd suggest people do is open up in your browser um, in Chrome. It's I think it's called Incognito mm-hmm. or uh, Safari is private browser. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure um, Microsoft Edge and Kobo and those mm-hmm. other ones out there have the same technology. But mm-hmm. open up one of those you know, kind of private browsing windows and Google your name. Right. And see what comes up. You'd be surprised, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and kind of take an active role in managing what happens out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had attended a conference recently and one of the um, people that I met there had tagged me in a post with a picture of Donald Trump. And it was a funny post. It was kind of satirical mm-hmm. and all of that. But when I Googled my name about three weeks after the fact, mm-hmm. that picture came up Eek. because I, I was tagged in it. Now, right. I don't, you know, I don't want to get political yeah, here, but whatever side you're on, yeah, probably whatever not side you're on. Uh-huh. Right. But, you know, obviously that picture of Donald Trump wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So I went back into that post mm-hmm. and I untagged myself. Right. So that when someone searched my name, that wouldn't come up. Mm-hmm. So think about that, not only what you're doing, but who's tagging you mm-hmm. and what kind of information is going to show up, not just in, you know, the text based things, but also look at images. Right. Because you can be showing up in images that clearly are not you. Mm hmm. 
Because yes. I don't look at all like Donald right. Trump. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, <laughs> and sometimes you can't get rid of whatever it is, depending on, on how they did it. But, you know, maybe it is something where you can contact that person, um, you know, and, and say, hey, you know, would you mind taking this down? Now, you know, that it, we, you know, we all know that, that, you know, we, we say the internet is forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it, it could still be out there, but, you you bring up a really good point. You do need to know what someone's going to find, um, you know, because you might need to address that, you know, it, it, in a cover lever, it, letter in your explanation. I still remember, and this was, you know, years ago when I was giving a training course, this gentleman came up to me and he and in his cover letter, he said, when you Google me, which I know you will do, please know I'm not the murderer. <laughs> he had the same name as somebody who'd been convicted of murder. And so he did. He just now I don't know if that was appropriate or not. I mean, I just kind of thought that was funny. But but yeah, he knew that they would find it. And now I'm assuming that you're, they're also going to be smart enough to think, OK, well, he's probably not that guy. But you never know. You know, so what will people find when they Google you? Right. And you need to know that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You really do. Right. So every once in a while, just take a minute and, you know, go into one of those private browsing um, modes on your computer and just look, Google yourself, see what comes up. Right. You, you would be surprised. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that you don't want showing up, then, you know, do whatever you can to get it removed. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get it removed, then manage that as you go through your job search process and let people know up front. And hopefully there aren't any murderers out there. I know, I know. That was just like, eek, eek. So, well, let's get back to talking about LinkedIn. Um, you know, and, and, and we could probably talk about LinkedIn for, for hours and hours. So, you know, this is going to be kind of a, a basic thing. But speaking of basic, you know, one of the first things that people tell me, and, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, a lot of, of college students will be listening to this program and, and, you know, people who may not have been in the job market, so the the first thing they say is, I just don't have a lot of experience. So how as you know, how can they deal with that in a way that is still going to sh- to generate interest from a recruiter? I get this question from college students all the time. And, and one of the things that I enjoy doing most is going out into colleges and giving these, you know, how to find a job talks to seniors and, and juniors who are looking for internships or about to graduate and enter the workforce. And I've had uh, and, and these kids are brilliant. They mm-hmm. really are. They're so smart. It scares me sometimes. And they don't understand and they're not taught, unfortunately, in college and their career offices aren't showing them how to do this, is how to show the value of the work they've done in school mm-hmm. and and maybe even in high school, because we're increasingly seeing our, our local schools here have a an annual robotics contest. And the things these kids in high school are creating oh, are just the, phenomenal. The, the magnesium, right? you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so leveraging that on your profile and talking about that, just because it's not in a work context, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't put it on a LinkedIn profile. Because I want to know that about you. Because mm-hmm. that's cool stuff. Right. And it's stuff employers are looking for. Mm-hmm. They want to know Can you come into my organization and immediately start contributing? Mm -hmm. And if you've been part of one of those contests and your team won or, you know, something like that, that is the best information you could ever put on a a LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. 
Well, then I also get that, well, I haven't been part of any of those cool things. I work at Food Lion or the grocery store, right? Mm -hmm. And that's fine, too, because you use a lot of skills that employers want. They're in high demand. Mm -hmm. So I had a young man come to me and said, you know, I didn't have internships. I've been paying my own way through college. You know, I worked at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. So we talked about what he did there, what positions he held, what skills he used. So, you know, he stocked shelves and I'm like, okay, so what skills do you use with that? You know, planning, organization, um, you know, making things fit on the shelves, being aware of, you know, when stock is low, uh, helping with inventory management, you know, those kinds of things all require critical thinking skills, project management skills. And guess what? When you read a job ad, what are they looking for? Right. Critical thinking, project management, customer service. All of those things you are doing and exhibiting no matter where you work. Mm-hmm. So put those things on there. Don't don't. I see this all the time. It just breaks my heart where someone said, you know, worked as a cashier in process customers orders. Right. Well, how many times did you have an unhappy customer? Yeah, come to your customer line? service. Hello. Right. You know, um, you know, were you able to help someone? You know, I, you know, every once in a while, you probably got someone who had more groceries than money. And, mm-hmm. and how did you handle that situation to make that person feel good about shopping in the store right. while they had to decide what they needed to put back because they couldn't afford their order? Mm-hmm. All kinds of things mm-hmm. that go into, you know, what a lot of people think is a menial position. Mm-hmm. But they're not. Well, and what I love about LinkedIn is you have so much space. You know, you have the ability for 2,000 characters. And that gives you a lot for, per job listing you know, and, and per volunteer listing. And so you can write an awful lot there. So, you know, you can say, for example, here's how I handled a, different, a difficult customer service issue. And then you talk about it, um, you know, and, and so I love the fact that that is something that you, that you as a recruiter look for. Absolutely. We want to know that stuff because then we know we're not wasting our time contacting you. Right. Right. Because I don't want to spend my <clears throat> excuse me. I don't want to spend my time on a candidate who isn't going to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. So the more you can tell me in your LinkedIn profile the more likely I am to contact you because I know that you're going to be worth my time. Right. Well, and there's another section that is, is to me just as important. And I always tell people to, to emphasize it too, is your volunteer experience. You know, so many college students and high school students have volunteer experience. Um, you know, I worked with a stay at home mom one time who absolutely wonderful woman, you know, stayed at home for basically 10 years, felt that, the job market had passed her by, but she did phenomenal volunteer experience. I mean, she was the head of, of her kids PTA or, you know, whatever that, that was, you know, and, and so she had so much great volunteer experience that she was basically, you know, able to show that she was qualified for senior level positions. Um, you know, and same thing with college kids and, and even high school kids, you know, they volunteer all the time. Right, right. And, you know, the the interesting thing is with that volunteer experience is, well, first of all, a lot of high schools are requiring that now mm-hmm. as graduation right. requirements. Mm-hmm. And with that, how and it many doesn't company- matter that it's required, folks. You know, that, mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. You still did it. Right. And, and with that, 
a lot of organizations have community service, community outreach, and they want to know that their employees share that passion for giving back to the community. Right. So if you've gone and volunteered, even if it was just one Saturday on a Habitat for Humanity house, mm-hmm. like no one would know about me that I know how to wrap a, weather wrap a house that's being built. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I can I can use, you know, um, mechanical equipment. But that's not what I do in my job, but I have that additional skill. And so while it may not be relevant, it does show that you are able to do a lot of different things. And you know what that shows? It shows intellectual curiosity, a a quest for learning, Mm -hmm. that you're multifaceted, that you're not just, you know, an accountant that crunches numbers all day. Mm -hmm. Um, Those kinds of things are important. And if you're just starting out, In your profile, you might want to tell people in that introduction why you chose your career field. What prompted you to Mm -hmm. say, I want to be an accountant or Mm -hmm. I want to be a social media manager or I want to be in marketing or sales or whatever your choice is? Mm -hmm. What drove you to that choice? I like that. I like that idea. You know, and, and it is so important to to be able to give as much information as possible. Um, I recently worked on a project where we were reviewing scholarship applications. And one of the sections in the scholarship application was asking about your activities. And the kids that left that blank immediately were out of the running. You know, and, and, and it, and it, and it really didn't matter to us what activities they had. Now, yes, we read it, you know, and, and you were ranked and all those various things. But the kids that had done nothing, my first thought was, what type of employee or student would they be? Because they're they're just going to sit around and do only the absolute minimum that they have to do. You know, and, and so we love the ones who talked about what they did. And, and again, it didn't matter what it was. Just the fact that they were out doing was good. Now, one of them actually talked about the fact that they, you know, they, they weren't able to do those things because their parents worked. And so they were the, the caregivers for their younger siblings. That was perfectly acceptable. We, we love that. So, you know, don't leave sections blank if at all possible. Try and, and put things in there. Right, right. Because even if you were that person who was a caregiver for a ch- a younger siblings, mm-hmm. think about the skills you use there, right? So, you know, you, you were using time management. You were, mm-hmm. you know, keeping those kids safe. Perhaps right. you were even feeding them healthy meals. You mm-hmm. were making sure they did their homework. So maybe you were helping with homework, mm-hmm. you know. So there are a whole host of skills that went into that. So even though you couldn't participate in sports or other clubs and, and resources while you were going through school, you were still gaining experience, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like that is important for companies to know. So I always tell people when I work with them, don't limit your beliefs in what you can do. Mm-hmm. And a great thing, a good exercise that I walk people through is to have them sit down and list every single thing they enjoy doing Mm -hmm. and then go back to that list and say, so for example, maybe you enjoy reading. So Mm -hmm. what skills go into reading? Like obviously language comprehension and and the things that come to mind. Mm -hmm. 
but you're also choosing subjects. So right. you're being, you're not just reading everything, you're reading mm-hmm. certain things. So what are you reading? Mm-hmm. Because that makes a great way for you to showcase the things you're interested in and what you learn and how you learn it. Mm-hmm. So if I read, I don't really quite quote read anymore. I listen to audiobooks because mm-hmm. they're more convenient for me. But what what do I listen to? Right. I, I consume business books by, you know, the, the arm loads full or mm-hmm. earfuls, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, those kinds of things you can talk about. What was your mm-hmm. favorite business book? Right. Or what did you, you know, learn from it? Yeah, yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff you can put on there. You can and and I think people overlook some of this. The other piece in LinkedIn where I look is to see your activity. Right. And so, that is something that almost everybody forgets. You know, right. They, they go in, we might have this great looking profile, but then we never go back. Right. So what I want to know is, you know, maybe you're not publishing articles, but in that section of your profile, it tells you, the recruiter, whoever's looking at it, what you're liking and what you're sharing. And then at the bottom of your profile, you have the ability to add in groups, mm-hmm. people that you're following, those kinds of things. So make sure what you see down there in those interests section, mm-hmm. you know, the places you're following, make sure that there's a good mix there. Right. So follow um, thought leaders in your industry, mm-hmm. it, join groups that are related to your industry, follow interesting people outside of your industry mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of show that you're a total person right. as opposed to, you know, just these words on a paper. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it, it, and you might be part of some groups on LinkedIn that you don't want people to see, you know, that is something, one of the questions that I frequently get, especially for somebody who is currently employed you know, and, and so they might not want to be in the Atlanta job seekers group. You can choose to have that not show, you know, so that's always something that's mm-hmm. important to remember. But, but yeah, again, you're wanting to show that you're this well-rounded person and, you know, and especially for somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience or maybe changing careers. That's the other question I get a lot of, of questions about is, you know, I've done this for so long. Now I want to do this. I want to see that you're reading about it, that you're posting articles about it. I mean, you know, I I go into somebody's profile and I look to see what they have been posting. You know, are they posting links to articles about their industry? I mean, to me, that is absolutely critical to see because I know that then they're keeping up with what's going on. Right, right. And, and that's what we want to know. We want to know that you're active on LinkedIn Because that's going to make us, like I said earlier, it's going to let us know that when we reach out and try to contact you, that it's not a waste of our time. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's let's talk a little bit more about updates, because to me, that really is the place where so many people just totally lag behind. Because, like I said, we fill out our profiles and we never go back, Um, you know, and and. And I tell people, you know, you absolutely have to be posting updates. You know, you mentioned something that, that I, you know, and then it led my little train of thought down a totally different way. You know, say you're a student and you, you have these great business books, these great business leaders that you follow. 
pull quotes from from that information, make a meme about it, you know, all these various things. And it, it, this really does sound stupid, people, but it's showing that you are active, um, you know, and, and it really doesn't take that much time. And, and let's be honest, if you're looking for a job, you'd better be spending a lot of time doing it. You know, this is not, oh, hey, I'm going to fill out my LinkedIn profile and let it just float forever. No, you have to be active and posting things all the time. You do. And it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be on there and post every single day. Right. But, you know, once a week, maybe twice a week, mm-hmm. depending on how how um, urgent your job search is. Mm-hmm. If you're one of those kind of job browsers and you're open to being contacted by a recruiter, make sure you check that box in your communication preferences mm-hmm. so that recruiters know you know, because a lot of times, you know, they'll search and they'll exclude people who haven't checked that box. Right. Because so, it means they're happy where they are. And so right. why waste their time contacting them? Right. And then the flip side of that is once you get a job, make sure you turn that off. Because right. if you got a job and you're no longer interested, mm-hmm. then you don't want recruiters contacting you. So mm-hmm. make sure you go back and turn that off because mm-hmm. that happens to me a lot. I'll go in and, and someone will have that button turned on and they'll send me back a message like, I'm so sick of recruiters contacting me. And I write back and I was like, well, I'm sorry, but you yeah. have that. You box said you were open to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would suggest that mm-hmm. you might consider turning that off. Right. Mm-hmm. Then people may stop bothering you as a result of that. Right. So, you know, manage, actively manage your profile. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's funny. I've got my profile open right now. And, um, now I have the paid version for job seekers just so that I can see what's going on and, and I'm able to use that then when I'm training. But so, it, so I'm looking at my dashboard and it says career interests. Let recruiters know you're open and mine is turned off because, you know, I'm, I'm not actively looking, but you're right. I mean, it's, and, and it's a very simple little thing to, to click. It is. Um, the other thing that you want to do on LinkedIn with your communication um, is there is a setting in there where you can tell people that you are open to in-mail. Okay. So even though you may not want to have that recruiter button, you know, ticked off, mm-hmm. You might be open because a lot of times I'll find a great profile and I'll know this person is too senior for the role that I'm recruiting for. Mm -hmm. But I feel like they would be an awesome source of referrals for someone they're mentoring or Mm -hmm. a junior person who's ready for the next step in their career. And that's why I want to contact that Mm -hmm. person and having that ability to send them an email and just say, you know, I found your profile on LinkedIn and I think you would be an awesome connection to have to put me in touch with people who may be a great fit for this type of position. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to recruit those people, but I am trying to access their network. Right. And that ability to send that email is really important. So if you're at a point in your career where you are ready to help the next generation who's coming up, definitely change that status on your communication preferences so that anyone, it doesn't have to be a first connection or a second connection or whatever, um, that everyone can send you an email. Right. You know, and speaking of that, you know, 
make it easy for people to find how to connect with you. Um, you know, and, and because all that information is in there, but I tell people when you are actively looking for a job in your summary, which comes up at the top of somebody's profile, put your connection information, your phone number, your email address, whatever it is, you know, the, the way you're wanting people to connect with you. Because if they're excited and they want to contact you, they don't want to hunt and find. Now, granted, recruiters and HR people know where to look quickly to find that information, but make it simple, folks. You know, put it, put it there where people can find it at first glance. Are you going to get some spammy stuff? Maybe. But, you know, what you might need to do is set up a, a special Gmail account just for your job search. Um, I absolutely love Google Voice because if you have a Gmail account, you can get a Google Voice number. And maybe you have that just for your job search. I've shared several times on the program that when I taught at Metro State in, in Denver, um, we talked about job search and, and things like that. And, and, and the group of students that I had were probably, I mean, it, Metro is, is a commuter school. So any age level goes there. I had people who were in their fifties as well as 18 year olds. And so I said, you know, okay, so I'm the HR person. I'm the recruiter. If I call your phone number right now, is your voicemail going to, and, and the funny part was about three quarters of my uh, class were men, boys, boys in some cases. And, and I said, you know, if I call your voicemail right now and, and I'm wanting to bring you in for an interview, is your voicemail going to say, dude, I can't take your call right now? And like <laughs> half the class put their hands up. I said, okay, I'm not telling you you have to change that. Get a Google voice number where you can say, hello, this is Robert. I'm currently unable to take your call right now. And, and I said, and it's free, folks. It's free. You know, get a Google number, especially if you're, you know, and, and really if you are currently employed. And looking for something that might be something to, you know, and, and never ever use your, your business, email, you know, all those various things, set up all those other things, but make it easy for people to find you. And then you need to be professional when they find you. Exactly. And I'm glad you mentioned Google voice because I recommend that all the time because then you can leave your professional voicemail message. You can even in that voicemail message, give them an alternative way of contacting you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're a student, you might say you've reached me during class hours. Right. You know, I'm, I'm more likely to be able to respond via email in these hours. So if you would send me, you know, job requirements or whatever, I'd be happy to call you, you know, whenever you're out of your classes and that kind of stuff. So you can really customize that voicemail message mm -hmm. with that Google voice number to let a recruiter know where you're at and how to reach you and what's the best time. Cause that saves a lot of back and forth. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes to play, you know, tag with people and trying to find them via voicemail, email, text message, you know, all those kind of things. And if you prefer to be contacted by text, then put that in your voicemail. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, hey, you know, you've reached Robert and I'm looking for a job. And the best way to reach me if you're a recruiter is to text this number. Perfect. Right. Because, right. again, it's all about saving time for both sides. Right. Right. We're all busy. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's make this easy on each other. Mm hmm. 
Now, in the summary section, and I, I love the summary section, and so many people completely overlook it, it shows up at the top of your profile. So that's where you want to put those important things that, you know, and, and, and I tell people, you know, if you're open to relocating, that's a great place to put that. Um, you know, what else do you look for in somebody's summary section? I want to know immediately what their story is. So when you go to my profile, the first thing you see is an, an introduction as if I was talking to you as a person and I walked up to you at a networking event. I say, hi, I'm Rebecca Barnes Hogg, and I make it easy for small businesses and entrepreneurs to hire the talented people they need to grow their business. Mm-hmm. So that tells you right off the bat who I am, what I do and what's important to me. Right. Right. So that first line is prime real estate. Mm -hmm. And in that, you want to make it specific enough that people know what you're interested in and they don't contact you for things that you're not interested in. Right. So if, for example, you want to work in social media and you want to be a social media manager and you want to run campaigns and, and do all that fun stuff that I turn over to other people because I don't understand, um, You want to say, you know, I love using social media to connect people with products and services they need and companies with a pipeline of customers or whatever that might be. You know, that's kind of just off the top of my head and probably not accurate. So don't write that down word for word. But you want that kind of an intro in there so that Mm -hmm. the first thing a recruiter sees is is what you love doing. Mm -hmm. What's your passion? Right. And if you're just graduating or changing careers or going back into the job market, that's critical. That first sentence, because, you know, if they've looked at something else, it it might not match. So if they read that first sentence and it says, you know, hi, I'm Deb Creer. I am, you know, graduating from University of Colorado in May. Now, you don't really have to talk about your degree right there because they'll look further on. But say, and I am looking for a position either, you know, you know, that in that will, you know, where I can do yada, 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 um, you know, because you're right. You know, somebody's going to look at that. And go, oh, my gosh, I have something perfect for you. And then, you you know, this also ties into that those keywords that you said earlier, Boolean searches. Yes. When somebody is looking, you know, so they're going up into that search field. And so many people think search is just for names. Oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. All sorts of oh, searches no. Up there. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you can put in there recent graduate and, you know, as, as a Boolean. And, and again, you know, the, you can do very long searches in there. So recent graduate, aerospace engineer, customer service, you know, whatever it is. And then, you know, then those candidates will start popping up in, in the search feed. Right, right. And, you know, when you're, you're filling out that profile, don't limit yourself to one job title. Mm-hmm. You know, use Google. This is a, a cool thing that a lot of people don't take advantage of. So if you do a Google search for, you know, um, aerospace engineer positions Mm -hmm. at the bottom of your Google search page are a list of suggestions to also search for. Right. So in there, you might find alternative job titles. Mm -hmm. So you want to think about that when you're writing that profile and use some of those terms, because what one company might call an engineer Another company might call something different. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you're casting a wide enough net so that no matter the job title, that something in your profile is going to be pulled up 
-hmm. in those search results. Right. You know, and it's that is so important because people think, oh, you know, they, they don't care about that. Now, clearly, it has to be something that does pertain. But, um, you know, look at those other options and, and see what's there and be able to include those in your profile. Right. And the other thing I see people do so often, because there are a number of small businesses out there who do not have a paid LinkedIn pro- uh, product. Mm-hmm. And so there's a setting in your profile that you can turn on or off the visibility of your profile to people who are not logged in as members Mm. on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So this will let your profile appear in search engines and other services um, like a lot of mail services. Like if, if you're using Outlook, Mm -hmm. um, a LinkedIn profile badge might show up there as a part of your email address because mm-hmm. you've used that email address with LinkedIn and you're sending an email into a company. Right. Maybe you're, you know, sending an email to HR and just asking for information or, you know, asking to put on a job list or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if they're using a service like Outlook, they're going to see you have that LinkedIn profile badge attached to your email address so they can just quickly jump onto your LinkedIn profile. Right. So that's you really want to make sure you have all these little hidden things turned on. So make sure your profile is publicly viewable mm-hmm. for people who are not logged into LinkedIn or maybe members of LinkedIn. Right. I love that. Well, another one of those hidden things that I think so many people miss is the ability to add media. And, you know, I think that's it's a great thing for college students, especially because they can add, you know, if it applies their thesis, um, you know, they can add papers that they wrote, you know, if if it, you know, really, obviously, if it's something that pertains to what they're doing. But it's a great way for people to see examples of your work. Um, now, if say it was a group project, make sure that you let people know, you know, hey, this was a group project. Five of us worked on this. But, you know, it's, it's a great resource to be able to add those. I'm putting this in my little air quotes, work examples, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and because, again, folks, you know, you've got to set yourself apart before the process ever even really starts or you're not even going to be part of that process. Right. And that media is a great place where, especially if you've done something that's online that you can point to as a volunteer. So maybe you did the social media campaign for a charity event Mm -hmm. for um, a a local golf tournament or something like that. If if that's the kind of job that I am searching for, Mm -hmm. then I want to know when I go to your profile and you tell me you're interested in social media, I want to see your social media work. Right. I want to see links to that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's not hard to do. And, and people think, oh, you know, I have to create these videos or these, you know, slide share things or write or publish or whatever it might be. Doesn't have to be that difficult. Mm-hmm. It could be. A, a JPEG, a picture mm-hmm. of an award you won right. as a student, mm-hmm. right? Well, you know, and 
as we're talking about this, you know, one of the things that, that, that I want to make sure we talk, you know, and emphasize is, you know, clearly what we've been saying more, more, more. The more you have, the better it is. And one of the reasons is because of that search feature. You know, people always ask me, it seems very weird when I search for something, you know, that's not somebody's name. It's, it's weird how it comes up because it's not alphabetical. It's not whatever. It comes up first with, and, and it might be different for a paid recruiting account, but when, when say I search, if, if I search for say customer service, um, what comes up first are people who are my first degree connections. So my direct connections who have something about customer service in their profile. And then it goes down from there. But then it also pulls up the people and, but the, the, the order that it pulls them up in is the people who are most active on LinkedIn and have the most complete profiles because LinkedIn itself doesn't want to give you information on somebody that hasn't updated their profile since 2007. I mean, you know, because they know it's not valuable. So the more you have and the more active you are, the higher you will come up in those searches. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, you you really need to spend some time thinking about how you want to use these things to advance your career. You know, and like anything, you need a strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, just don't go in and willy-nilly put these things out there. Really think about the type of job that you want that's going to be the best fit for you. Mm-hmm. And then very strategically and intentionally build your profile around those goals. Right. Well, and the other reason that you want to have your profile so complete is the fact that you can look for jobs on LinkedIn. You know, so many companies post their jobs there. And, you know, again, the, the number varies, but it's, it's, you know, I, I just looked and as of right now, as the recording date of this, there are over 8 million jobs listed on LinkedIn. And a lot of companies are no longer putting their jobs anywhere else except LinkedIn because it's, it, again, it's a great way to start weeding people out from the start. So you can look through for those jobs, you know, you can search, you know, there's a variety of, of things that you can do. And that's more than we can talk about in the last five minutes of our program. But in many cases, you can apply for that job directly from LinkedIn. So again, the more information you have when you fire that off to that recruiting manager, to that HR person, the better it is because you don't make them have to look for it. You know, have it there, have it set so that it, you know, it's it's easy peasy for them to go, oh, my gosh, we have got to bring this person in. Right. And, and I'll tell you, my biggest pet peeve is if I post a job on LinkedIn and someone applies with their profile and I mm-hmm. click on that profile and it's not complete or there's mm-hmm. very little information in there. I get so annoyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if you really want this job, put some effort into mm-hmm. that profile. Tell me why I need to talk to you. Right. And and that's, you know, I say this with resumes, like if you a recruiter will at one point this just the statistic was like five to seven seconds a recruiter would actually look at your profile or mm-hmm. your resume. But I think that number has shrunk even more to right. just a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. So if I can't immediately see a reason to read more, I'm on to the next. Right. And it's the same thing with that LinkedIn profile. If as a recruiter, I'm finding you or you've applied to a job I've posted on LinkedIn, if I don't immediately see a reason to read further or pick up the phone or send an email to contact you, I'm on to the next person. Mm-hmm. 
So really pay attention to how you're using these tools. And the other thing I like to see, depending on the position, is the connection number. We didn't talk about that, and I'll hit that just briefly Mm because I know we're running up to the end of our time here, is if you have, and 500 is the magic number on LinkedIn, but a lot of recruiters... doesn't show anymore past that, but... Right, right. But if you, a lot of recruiters, if you don't have at least... 300 connections on LinkedIn, they don't view you as being active enough mm-hmm. to do that. And you would be amazed at how quickly you can get to a couple hundred connections. Right. You really would be amazed at how quickly that is. Mm-hmm. And if you're not there, put a little plan into place that every day you'll send, you know, four or five connection requests. Mm-hmm. So they could be people that you know from your neighborhood, your church, volunteer work, uh, colleagues in college or part-time jobs or it is so easy to find people who know you mm-hmm. and just send them a connection reply right. a request and always 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 folks personalize that request you know even if it is your next door neighbor you know personalize it, tell them, you know, remind them who you are, because even if it is your next door neighbor, they might not always remember, um, you know, and, and, but personalize it, tell them, Hey, we work together on X volunteer project, or, you know, you, you were my manager at the, the, you know, at, at Kroger or, you know, whatever it was. And then tell them I'm current, I'm, I'm getting ready or am currently looking for a new position. Give them a you know, give them a reason to reach back to you because you never know when they might have that perfect position for you. Right. And and in those connection requests, those notes, you're limited to characters. So mm-hmm. what I tell people to do, here's a quick hack for you. Create a template based on how you know someone. So there's a template for I worked with you at Kroger. There's a template for I worked with you on this volunteer project Mm -hmm. so that all you have to do and you can I think it's I don't know. It's it's very small on the connection. note. right. You don't get a lot of space. I think it might be like limited to 300 characters. Mm -hmm. So do that note and leave enough space to add in that general personalization because that will speed up how quickly you can do these and then save them in a word document or Evernote or whatever your tool of choice is. So you can quickly copy and paste into LinkedIn and then just add in those couple of details that are neat that need to be personalized depending on the person you're wanting to connect with. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, good gosh. We are at the top of the hour, and there's just so much more to cover. So, you know, we're just going to have to have you on again. And, and <laughs> um, you know, maybe maybe in the fall when people are, um, you know, going back into school and, you know, all of these various things, I think it would be perfect to talk to you again. Um, you know, I, I love the information on your website, which is YOLOinsights.com, and that's Y-O-L-O, insights.com. You know, it, it is written from a, uh, your blog is written from a recruiter's perspective. But if you are a job candidate, it, it's, it gives you insight as to what recruiters are looking for. So, you know, it's, it's fabulous information, but tell people how they find you and connect with you online. Okay. You can find me on pretty much every social media platform at YOLO Insights. So YOLO is on Facebook, YOLO, Y-O-L-O, You Only Live Once, is capitalized. It's all one word, YOLO Insights. And in response to that that job seeker use of my website, 
On my blog, there are a number of articles where I talk about the tools that I use as a recruiter. Mm -hmm. So you can see how I'm searching for you. Perfect. So definitely, definitely check that out. Mm -hmm. And then I've also written a book. If you are on the hiring side and listening, the YOLO principle, the ultimate hiring guide for business mm -hmm. is on Amazon. You can buy it there. And even if you're a job seeker, that's very enlightening mm -hmm. because you can use the information in that book. It's that reverse intelligence. Right. Mm -hmm. So just like Googling yourself once in a while and seeing what's coming up, you know, read books like this. So you know what's going on on the other side of the desk mm -hmm. when you're doing your job search. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, as I said, we will definitely have you on again. I am Deb Creer. You know, this has been part of our career planning series in the month of May. I've been having a great time talking with Rebecca Barnes-Hogg. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.